Hello, Annie McLaughlin here for this week's edition of Stick Together, focusing on union news and social justice issues. Stick Together is produced in the studios of 3CR Radio in Melbourne and broadcast nationally on the Community Radio Network and brought to you on your local community radio station. If you're listening to Stick Together on Wednesday the 8th of March, then happy Working Women's Day. To celebrate working rights for women, we will focus on the groundbreaking RAW conference being held at Victorian Trades Hall from March the 1st to the 9th. Why is it groundbreaking? With the new regime at Victorian Trades Hall, led by Luke Hilakari, the point six women's officer role has expanded to a five-person unit. Instead of a morning tea celebrating women, this unit is working for systemic change. Among the fun and history, one of the lines in the sand drawn at the RAW conference is the campaign Stop Gender Violence in the Workplace, being watched with great interest around Australia and internationally. Before we take you to the why of RAW and the how of Stop Gender Violence in the Workplace, some union news. Just to remind you, Senator the Honourable Michaela Cash is the Minister for Employment and Women. And there have been two things that have appeared in the papers lately that have uh, set hairs running in relation to Ms Cash. The first, of course, is the discovery that uh, Ms Cash has a $1.4 million investment property which she did not declare. This, of course, is in contravention of her responsibilities as a Member of Parliament. The argument that she forgot, despite the property being next door to her own house in an upmarket suburb of Perth, was further eroded when it was discovered she did not forget to negative gear the property. While this controversy simmers, some questions about the irony of Ms Cash being the Minister for Women, responsible for delivering policies and programs to advance gender equality and improve the lives of Australian women, continue especially with the recent decision by the Fair Work Commission to cut penalty rates for Sunday and public holidays, cutting workers' pay by up to a quarter. Why is it ironic? Well, this decision is set to disproportionately affect women and young people. The decision to cut penalty rates was supported by industry groups, the federal government, including Ms Cash, the Minister for Women. More than a 1,000 childcare workers will walk off the job on International Women's Day on Wednesday the 8th of March to draw attention to the large pay gap between male and female-dominated professions. This follows a similar action last year on Equal Pay Day. Qualified early childhood educators earn as little as $20.61 an hour, about half the national average pay, and significantly less than workers in male-dominated professions with comparable skills and qualifications. Childcare union United Voice has a long-running wage case in the Fair Work Commission, arguing that the 97% female workforce is underpaid for working in a pink-collar sector. Power to the union, power to women. On Wednesday 1st, Victorian Trades Hall kicked off their week-long RAW Festival. 
RAW, which stands for Women's Rights at Work, is a festival in celebration of the collective achievement of working women past, present and future. I'm joined on the phone today in the 3CR studios with Pia Treveri from the women's team at Victorian Trades Hall. Firstly, can you briefly tell me what type of work the women's team at Victorian Trades Hall does? Yes, sure. The women's team at Trades Hall is really focused on advancing the rights of working women in Victoria. So um, the focus is to draw upon previous campaigns and achievements and wins that working women in, in Victoria have um, already achieved through the union movement, but also to build on that and to try and keep on um, improving conditions, pay and their work lives. This is the second Raw Festival held in Victoria. How did the festival yeah. originally come about? The festival came about from the creation of a like a newly energised team of women that were um, recruited to work at the hall. So I guess with new ideas, new minds coming together to refocus on what the union movement could do for women workers, the idea evolved from that and also from talking with women workers and unionists about the issues they faced in the workplace that really drew attention to some of the barriers or challenges that they experience every day and it really drove home that a lot of the achievements that we probably thought or hoped we'd made over the last few decades haven't haven't gone as far as we'd hoped. So there still is a need for a focus and concerted effort to really advance women's rights at work. What were some of the biggest issues facing women at work? Well, I mean, one of the most obvious ones is the pay gap between um, the working wages of men and women. So um, the gender pay gap at the moment is somewhere around the 16 or 17% mark, so that is with men earning more. That's a huge obstacle. Um, another one is really around gendered violence at work, so the violence experienced by women at work from all areas, like whether it's their um, the colleagues or the environment they're in or the clientele that they deal with, but women are subjected to violence at a very high rate and a shocking rate. There was a report launched during the festival that um, has highlighted some of the issues faced by women in this area. So those would be two of the, the main obstacles. So I have in front of me right now the Stop Gendered Violence at Work report, which was put out by Victorian yep. Trades Hall Council. And the numbers yep. are very shocking. So, I mean, just on the yep. first couple of pages in, you learn that the report shows 64% of women experience bullying, harassment or violence in their workplace. 60% mm-hmm. report feeling unsafe. So those are pretty staggering numbers. Was that expected? Yep. Did you expect the report to make findings like this? Well, I think having it there literally in black and white is very shocking because obviously you can't deny what the what the statistics are telling us about it. And yeah, it's shocking, although anecdotally, of course, we hear it a lot that women are subjected to all kinds of appalling situations in their workplaces. Um, I think the report helps to, in a way, make that more concrete or legitimises what we've been saying for a long time, which is that it does happen, but now we can back it up with the information that we've got straight from those women around the kinds of violence they're experiencing and the rates at which they're experiencing it. And certainly the feedback we've had from lots of different areas is that it is shocking, like when people have actually read it 
and seen the content of that report, people are very appalled and really worried that that is actually happening and being reported to us. Mm-hmm. So what, what is the plan going forward? What role do workers or unions play in, in a solution to gendered violence? We held a, um, a conference to, that really was um, focused on the report content on uh, Thursday, March the 2nd. Yeah. And um, the purpose of the conference was to invite unions or community activists, workers, union members to come together to really feed back to us what what they would like to see happening going forward. So, um, I mean, the focus really from that conference was around trying to overcome the barriers that we believe contribute to the gendered violence reported. And some of that includes closing the gendered pay gap. It includes um, eradicating some of those barriers that women face in the workplace to having actual equity in workplaces um, and also obviously making workplaces safe, so ensuring that there's measures in place to ensure or guarantee that women are not going to be harmed whilst at work. So we also have added to that um, suite of um, strategies also the family violence clause, um, which which uh, supports people, mostly women, receiving up to 20 days of family violence leave and other supports if they are also experiencing violence outside of the workplace, but where obviously it will still be affecting them in the workplace. I mean, the two are inextricably linked, so violence against women in general is, is an issue facing most women workers in workplaces. And if, if listeners want to know more about how they can get involved in making change in their workplace or learning more about the mm-hmm. um, Stop Gendered Violence at Work report, um, where can, they, where can mm-hmm. they do that? They can go to our website. Um, that would be www.unionwomen.org.au and then all our details are there. So you can either email or call or um, download information from there. And certainly there's... Um, possibilities to get involved in any activism that we'll be doing in the future. Fantastic. Um, and just to, to wrap it up, uh, all year, but particularly um, during the Raw Festival, I have been seeing a lot of yep. T-shirts that say Union Women. Uh, and on the front, yes. it says, ask me about my feminist agenda. So um, yes. what is your feminist agenda, Pia? Um, well, that is a great T-shirt to wear because people always ask you. <laughs> so they're very striking and people notice them and I think they do have a great impact and they look fantastic when there's a group of us together. Um, I think for me, the agenda for me would be um, really around um, some really seeing structural systemic change that means that everybody has got equitable access and so not just that they're say in terms of women in the workplace, they're not just having equal access to apply for jobs or, you know, participate in certain studies or engage in certain activities. They're actually supported once there to um, continue in those, feel safe and also further their, in terms of working women, further their careers in the way they want and not basically be excluded on the basis of sex and the stereotypes that are associated with that that suggest women can't do everything. Power to the union, power to women. (laughs) You're on Stick Together.
Thanks to Sarah McKenzie, Stick Together's newest member, for her interview on RAW. Today we are celebrating International Working Women's Day down at the RAW conference, Women's Rights at Work, where Will Strucker, Victorian Trades Hall Campaigns Director, outlined the strategy for systemic change when it comes to stopping gender violence in the workplace. First off, you can't force change. You can't go to a union that says this is not a problem for us and say, no, 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 you've got to do something. So the first thing is unions opt into a project that's about building capacity. First step, that union then commits to sending people to this conference and a number of unions have done that. From there, we deliver training about these concepts across that union from the top down. The next step there for that union might be that they then conduct raw chats So that process of talking to women in their unions and their members and delegates about what the issues and how gender violence manifests in their industries. And then from there, they can look at our gender equality framework and say, what can we do? And you'll see that the gender equality framework basically divides the world into three segments. What can that union do internally to ensure that there is equality inside that union? What can that union do in its workplaces, in its industry, to help achieve gender equality in its industry? And what can it do across society? Now, every union will have different answers to those questions. And what we say is if you take that framework, you can develop a plan based on that that has tangible measures and actions. Once you've done those raw chats, in order to build up capacity in workplaces, you then take that training, you take that plan, that roadmap that you've developed, and you take that down to the next level to the HSRs and delegates. Because they need to understand this framing as well. And they need to have capacity to recognise it, and then they need capacity to take action. They need to know what to do. So that means developing tools. Now, one of those things might be, and we do this all the time in workplaces, is you develop demands. So, okay, we identified these issues here, and these are the ways that we think they can be addressed. And this is an OHS issue, which means we have certain powers under the OHS Act to actually demand changes. The third thing is this, mobilising women across unions and community to take, make the changes to particularly achieve gender equity in the workplace. Now, I'm going to talk to you about a little story. <laughs> Once upon a time, there was a country called Iceland. In 1975, women in Iceland went on strike. They called a women's strike. And the initial response by all of the framework, all of the people in power who were blokes, was to have a bit of a chuckle. Oh, those ladies. (laughs) They're going to go on strike. And as it happened, it crippled the entire economy of that nation for the day that they did it. Because they turned out in huge numbers. Women walked off the job in huge Immediately, they introduced, after that strike, in 1976, they introduced a Gender Equity Council and passed a Gender Equality Act. Within six years, they had elected their first female president. Um, World Economic Forum's Gender uh, Gap, Global Gender Gap Index for 2016. Now, take a punt where Iceland is on that. They're at the top. They're number one. Uh, Australia, we were doing all right. In 2006, we were 15th on that, and that measures um, economic participation, labour market participation, political participation, and a range of social measures, like how safe do people feel in public space. We were 15th. 
In 2014, we went down to 24. In 2015, we were 36. And in 2000, uh, 2016, we were 46. Ooh. So we used to be good. And in the last <laughs> 10 years, we have slid backwards. Do you know that Rwanda is higher than us on the global equality? Now, that is because, I will say, I don't want to live in Rwanda because the general standard of living is low. But the gap between men and women in that is smaller than the gap in a country like Australia. So we are sliding further and further down. Now, let's talk about that kind of mobilisation. The first thing is, you don't just call a strike. A, it's not a good strategy to take. B, what we need to make sure of is, as has already been raised, we need to make sure that when we take action, we are actually reaching out a hand to all of our sisters, not just those at this moment who have the economic capacity to take a day from work. So if we're going to do this, if we are going to ask women genuinely to participate in the kind of disruption that is actually going to cause people to pay attention and to take action, then we need them to see an outcome from that. We need to be able to look them in the eye and say these are outcomes. And to do that, we need to do a lot of organising. We are not there yet. We are not ready for that. But what we are saying is we need to start getting ready. We need to start having this conversation that says if you want to achieve large-scale change, sometimes you've got to take really large-scale action. So we've got here a 12-month plan, right, for a day of action on International Women's Day 2018. Now, I will say up front, it is an optimistic plan. But what we figure here at the Hall is, if you don't set yourself a target and if you don't start, you never finish. So we've got to start somewhere. So this is the framework we've got. And essentially what you'll see is it's built on the idea of building capacity for women where they are, in the workplaces that they are at, in the communities that they are at. If a woman in Nil puts her hand up and says, I want to coordinate local action in my town, then we say, here are the tools, here are the resources, here's a network that you can hook into, here are other women in your area who want to take action, you go take the action that you want to take and we will support you and facilitate that. And, and there are different levels of action and we're not going to say to you it has to be this kind of action. We are saying you take the action in the space that you are ready to take where, that your group wants to take. If you want to have a protest outside your workplace at lunchtime on that day, you go right ahead. If you want to walk off the job and actually participate in the mass rally, you go right ahead. If you just want to do a social media thing, a stunt, then that's what you do, but we all agree we are going to take action and the action has to be huge. You are listening to Stick Together, Union News and Social Justice Issues on your local community radio station. Real Strucker from the Victorian Trades Hall is outlining strategy for stopping gender violence in the workplace. You know, one mobilisation does not a campaign make. It does not a movement make, and it does not necessarily make the change that we want to see. We consider that to be a launching pad for future action. Then we go back to all those women who said, I'm taking action, I did this, and we say, okay, this is what we got out of this, and this is what we're going to um, do. Now, what are our demands? We agree that governments unions and employers all have to agree on targets. So let's get them all in one room and pin them down on what the targets and the measures are. And then let's make them commit that they're going to put the money in that's required for that. If that means raising women's wages, they will make the commitment that they will do that. 
And we say those initiatives have to include full funding of 26 um, weeks paid parental leave, including superannuation, to address the fact that women retire at the moment and have a greater likelihood of retiring into poverty and homelessness. Mandated family-friendly work arrangements, including the right to return to secure part-time work after parental leave, to actually address the factors that, in part, are driving women into that drive women in particular into high rates of insecure work. The broader issue of insecure work is something we, as a whole movement, need to work on. But one of the factors that is driving women, particularly into those kinds of jobs, is the fact that workplaces have not adapted. We need a women's superannuation affirmative action plan to address the gap in retirement savings. We need the Fair Work Act to change to make it easier to pursue equal remuneration cases. Who's heard of the United Voice equal remuneration case? United Voice is running a case for early childhood educators because they are over 95%, I think it is, women, and they are very low paid for the work that they do. And, it's been, and they say, and United Voice I think is right to say, that they are low paid because it's a female-dominated sector. And I think that case has been running, is it two? Three and a half years. And how long has it been to get a directions hearing? 18 months to get a directions hearing. And by the way, the, the section of the Act that talks about equal remuneration, it's about five inches long in an Act that's about five inches thick. And it provides no guidelines, no principles. It doesn't say what you do or don't have to prove to prove your case. And I was involved in the ASU equal remuneration case, and this is what Fair Work did when they made that decision. They raised the workers, the wages of the workers that um, participated in that campaign, but they slammed the door shut in their decision. They basically said, we're not going to say anything about anything that's going to make it easier to run the next case. You can have your outcome, but from here on in, we don't want the door opened again. So UVs basically had to start again from scratch to run a case. We want the changes to the Fair Work Act to reinstate Sunday penalty rates for those workers and ensure that they cannot again cut the take-home pay for workers. That penalty rates case is going to make the gender pay gap worse because the majority retail workers predominantly women and women are predominantly concentrated in the lower bands. The only bands that men dominate in that industry are manager and executive level. And we say employers have to set enforceable targets. I know that we talked about the Champions of Change program, right? Bless their cotton socks for having a program. One of the Champions of Change is a fellow at Fairfax. He's just appointed 11 new executives. The one external appointment, as I understand it, was a woman. The other 10 were all blokes. So a champion, he's, and by the way, he's a champion of change, oh comrades. He's a champion. He goes to those champions of change breakfasts and they all pat each other on the back and go, oh, good on you for being a champion. You're a champion, mate. Oh, no, mate, you're a champion. Oh, no, you're a champion, mate. Oh, no, I was, you know, I was saying to my, my group of executives sitting around the room the other day, you know, Bob and Steve and Rob and John and, you know, and, and we've got really good targets. So all power to them. And the second thing I would say that I slightly disagree with here that was spoken about earlier is, Getting a woman CEO, getting women on boards, this is great, all right? I'm all for that kind of change. But you know what? It does not change the living reality for women on the shop floor, right? It does not do that. And it's good that a CEO wants to implement that kind of culture, but leadership is actually something that happens at every level. We know that as unions. And so what we say is we have to change culture at every level. 
So all power to employers for being champions of change, but them. We're going to make them do it. It's not enough to get a pat on the back. Pats on the back are totally awesome, but it's what we do with puppies, right? We've got to hold them accountable and they need to have set targets and we need consequences if they don't meet them. We know that this is an issue. We know that gender inequality is a driver of um, violence against women and we know that it is happening in workplaces and that, it that there is a broader issue around gender inequality in workplaces. We know that this affects all working women because if you have not experienced gender violence, you can bet your bottom dollar you've seen it happen in a workplace to somebody else. Because if 64% of women have experienced it, I can't. I don't reckon the other 36% have gone, oh, I, don't, I haven't seen anything. Mm -hmm. It's deeply felt. People are passionate about this, and the women who, the, the over 700 women now who participated in our raw chats are saying they believe that this is a priority. And we know that we can deliver change for this. And we know that primarily the way that change has actually been achieved is through large-scale mobilisation. And having the brothers on board is fantastic. But the truth is, if we don't step up as women and say, this is a serious thing for us, why should the brothers step up? We can't ask them to show solidarity if we're not doing that first. So we actually have to stand up and when we do that, then we can turn to them and say, now you stand in solidarity with us, comrades. But we have to begin by rising up and doing the work ourselves. And we also know this is something that has to be driven by unions. The truth is we are the only organisations that have the capacity to achieve this kind of change in workplaces. And we are the only large-scale membership organisations that have reach across all industries, across all spaces. And, by the way, who believe that collective action is the way to deliver change. That's why we are in union, yeah? Right. So, that's our plan. That's our broad framework. You can see it's got the three tiers, changing unions internally so they have a culture ready to take action, taking action in workplaces, and also taking action across workplaces and across industries. Essentially, that's what we're talking about, and we've set ourselves the target that this will be delivered by 2025. That's the time frame that we've set ourselves. Seven years, I appreciate it's not tomorrow, but as I said, if we are talking about that kind of large-scale mobilisation, that's something that's going to take some work. So we need to give ourselves the time to do that, to deliver it at the level that actually achieves large-scale change. That's it for Stick Together this week. Thanks to you for listening. Stick Together is produced at 3CR Studios in Melbourne, broadcast nationally on the Community Radio Network. The podcast is available at 3cr.org.au. You can contact the producers of the show at sticktogether3cr at gmail.com or by calling 03 9419 and leaving us a message. Remember, wherever you are, whatever you do, there's a union for you. And happy International Working Women's Day. My name's Annie McLaughlin. Catch you next time.